This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Lafondra looking to get cold side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3 1 running. 3 points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. And we'll also be hearing from them a little bit later in the Sunland bit. But today I've been joined by James Earnshaw from the Red and Chronicle to talk about our game at the Stadium of Light to play Sunland. How are you doing, James? Yeah, good. Thanks, Paul. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm. We were talking about something off air just before then, and actually, I saw someone's dog being attacked earlier, <laughs> and I'm now reminded that it does relate to a story. But yes, I'm not too bad at all. Um, I'm not looking forward to the massive mm-hmm. journey that we're going to have on Saturday. I mean, 15, 16 hours. That's ridiculous, isn't it? The first of two in the month, because then you got Middlesbrough at the first weekend of March as well. So two, two long northeastern trips, paying thirty quid a pop as well. So uh, it's got the, all the hallmarks of a horrible, horrible day. But hopefully, Paul Linton and Co can uh, turn things around. Carry on listening. It's very. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. It's going to be a really tough one. But you've had the uh, presser today, and. Uh, what are the main takeaways there from you've uh, been talking to Paul Lintz, is it? Yeah, yeah, not good. Uh, quite a few injuries back on the on the list. Um, so Lucas Zhao is going to be a last minute sort of decision. I think they've got a 20... Well, he said there's a game tomorrow, which I presume was a 21s game. But I don't think they'd play a 21s game 24 hours before playing a first team game. So I must, they must be doing a sort of an internal match for fitness. Um, but obviously, Liam Moore, another one where he might play. Um, Lucas Zhao might play. Tom Holmes might play. A few sort of depending on injuries. Um, Ovi Jaria won't play because he's got a sore knee, um, which did make me chuckle when I said it. So, yeah, there's a few sort of doubts. Tom Ince is, you know, has been struggling a bit with the flu this week, um, but apparently he was at training today, sort of doing bits and bobs. So, hopefully, it can maybe clear. Um, and it also amazed me to know that they're getting the coach up to Sunderland. I mean, I just presumed that all clubs would, would fly, but uh, they're getting the coach. So, yeah, that kind of surprised me. That makes me feel a bit better about everything. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're suffering just as much as we are. So there's always that. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. Normally, when they fly, I mean, it's, it's a long distance, mm. isn't it? I mean, Greta's like applauding this just as we're speaking, probably. No, she wouldn't be because they should be getting the train. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I have no problem with her, by the way. I'm just joking. But uh, it's a kind of, yeah, it's unusual. I was surprised. I assume they're going up tomorrow, though. Yeah, yeah, going up about lunchtime tomorrow. Uh, expecting to be there about six. Um, and then, yeah, got on with the game. I think they're coming straight back because obviously then it's only a couple of days before they're at home to Rotherham. Yeah, I mean, if they fancy giving us a lift back, um, uh, I am open <laughs> to this. Uh, Mark Byrne, yeah. if you're listening, Mr. and Mr. Both the Inses, thank you very much. We would appreciate it. Try and liaise at which service station you can meet at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can recompense us, can't they? I mean, it is a bit of a problem because we're getting the train, but... Um, you yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. No, we'll see. But it would be um we need really need player we need Tommins to be playing. And yet again last Saturday, he showed his value to the team, took the penalty brilliantly, and an assist for the Jeff Hendrick wonder strike. But he's our player of the season by a mile, so we need him out on the pitch if possible. Yeah, he's in the form of his life as well. And um Paul Lynch was saying today how they've been having discussions uh, among the group about making sure they share out the workload. I think the stat he banded around was that Tom Ince has done 15% of the team's running on his own in terms of stats, which doesn't sound particularly um, sort of consistent. I don't think it's going to be a consistent. That's not going to be able to carry on consistently like that. It's going to have to be shared around. Hendrick's popping up with the goals now, which is good. Um, obviously, there'll be no loom, so presumably Fauna will step in. And I think that's good because Fauna's a much more progressive uh, willing to run with the board and, and make things happen as opposed to break things up. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's got all the hallmarks of there's a team there that could do something. I mean, I'm I'm slightly sceptical this weekend, but, you know, the, the, the strange things have happened. Yeah, I mean, Lou missing out is an absolute nightmare if you're in the betting world because he's <laughs> absolutely guaranteed a booking, isn't he? Yeah, he's the new, the new Sam Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, he's even worse, isn't it? Mm. Ten bookings already, and most of them are completely stupid. Yeah, yeah he's used that probably. word. Yeah. Silly and stupid are the two words banded around by Paul Ince. Um, and as someone who reached the pinnacle of the game in, the, in that position, I think I'd probably listen to listen to the manager in that point. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's getting himself out of position. He has to bring a player down. It happens so frequently, but that's why he's at Reading and, uh, you know, not a better team. I've kind of unbelievable that Porto played all that money for him. But um, <laughs> football is a weird, weird industry. Yeah, I was watching the game last night between Sunderland and Fulham, and it did not fill me with any joy, to be honest, James. Because if you can push Fulham that far in a match, mm. uh, that's a real worry. Um, thankfully, they won't have Ross Stewart. Obviously, I wouldn't want to see a player out injured like that. But that's good news for us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and Paul Lynch sort of uh, noted, noticed, sort of pinpointed that the lack of height in, in the Sunderland team is somewhere where maybe the Reading could exploit. Um, but then that comes with that is that they're all just so quick and nimble. And, you know, our, our back line has been caught slow so many times. With, I mean, even Saturday, it was just one of those cheeky little balls over the top and the whole defence was wiped out. And they could do that two or three times on Saturday and it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Apparently, they've been working on it. Uh, so let's hope they've been working on it hard enough and that they uh, they sort it out. Yeah, they look like a team that we really hate to play against. Mm. They look quick, they look skillful when they came to us. I'm not going to go through that too much because I talk about it with the Phantom guys. Um, but th they worry me massively. So let's wrap this one up. Let's make this a quick one, James. Score prediction. What are you saying for Saturday at the Stadium of Light? It's a long mm. journey back home. Mm. Are you going to be negative? Are you going to make that journey even longer? Or are you going to go positive? Because yeah. last week you said 3-1 three, three, to Watford. And it almost was, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say 3-1 today as well. But now I've, I can't say two weeks in a row. It's a cop-out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll go 3-0 Sunderland, unfortunately. I just think they're... <laughs> so the, way they, <laughs> the way they play is just our crypt tonight. And especially with 40,000 fans, if they score early on, it really could be a cricket score by then. It's got one of those horrible capitulations all over it. I'm hoping it's not, obviously. And, you know, we, we won the last time we played up there. So maybe it can be a bit of a, a nice hoodoo rather than a horrible hoodoo that we've had over the last few away matches. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go for a defeat, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to have to do the same. I'd love to say that we're going to win. And I hope we both hope that we're mm. totally wrong. But I'm going to say, I think I'm also going to go 3 0 as well. I think we're going to really massively mm. struggle on Saturday. Um, Sunderland look very good. And I think they'll be in the Premier League in a couple of years. They look completely set up for it. The club's going in the right direction there. And hopefully we are as well with all the different things that we're doing appointments of head of uh, mm. football scouting and all that kind of thing. So that's good. So. Thank you very much for listening to this part. If you want to hear the part when we're talking to a Sullivan fan from Phantom, keep on listening because they will be up in a second. Thanks a lot, James. So then, welcome back to the second part of the preview podcast. Well, this week we've mixed it up slightly. We've got a Reading fan and we've got a Sullivan fan, but they just happen to be the founders of the sponsors of this podcast phantom bruco so let's start with the sunland fan because obviously that's traditionally what we have on these podcasts dom your season's going pretty well isn't it i mean you would have taken this at the start of the season yeah absolutely um i think you know for any team coming up to the championship and knowing how competitive the championship is year on year you look at it and think the first goal is to avoid relegation, get to that point where you feel like you're you're safe and then kind of anything above that's a bonus. Obviously, like every other fan base, you get off to a great start and then you start looking up the table and thinking, oh, playoffs are, are kind of just there. Um, but this year it's been, as we know, it's a, it's a really tight league and a string of four or five bad results can put you right down at the bottom of the league. Um, and a string of four or five good results can put you right in the mix at the top. So um, obviously the top two being slightly, you know, cut away from the rest. But the playoffs really is anyone's guess right now. Um, so it has gone better than I think most Sunderland fans have expected, especially considering the lack of investment in the in the team in terms of experienced players. We've got a really young squad this year. Um, so I'd say it's been overall a, a really pleasing start to the season. You definitely don't seem to be missing Alex Neil. I mean, I still cannot understand why he left Sunderland to go to Stoke City. To me, to me, it was one of those bizarre situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was one of those bizarre situations. I, I saw when it happened. Um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of Reading fans had the enjoyment of watching our demise on Sunderland till I die um, over probably two of the most turbulent years in the club's history. Um, and it just happened the Netflix cameras were there. Turned out on the day Alex Neil left, apparently the Netflix cameras had returned that day for an update to start filming. And uh, when they arrived in the morning, he was taking training. And by the afternoon, he'd left. That is, yeah, well, that is just ideal for TV, isn't it? Um, yeah, ninth in the league, four points ahead of Reading. Dane, how do, how do you deal with someone who's a Sullen fan you have to work with on a daily basis, I suspect. And you know, it's quite intense, isn't it? Because they are doing so well. Uh, They're getting 40, I've done it for many years, so it's fine. Uh, many, many years of, you know, the goods and the bads, which kind of, that's the good thing about like league football when you don't support just the big teams is all the ups and downs that kind of make it. So I've had all the enjoyment with Sunderland suffering in League One. You know, they're having a good season, so we'll, we'll, we'll allow them to have a little bit of a, a little bit of happiness. But, um, you know, as Don said, then it's that whole thing, you know, you start to look up the league. I know you're a bit of a different mindset, Paul, when Reading were doing up there, you were still looking downwards, <laughs> kind of going, well, let's keep getting away from there rather than uh, the the joy of uh, looking upwards, which I agree. And obviously Reading have started drifting back down towards that. But um, 
a good result last night, definitely for for Reading with the draw for Blackpool. Um, and Huddersfield just keeps us, yeah, 10 points adrift, uh, which means it doesn't really become a conversation. We, we, we're kind of on different journeys. I think Reading just know they need to, you know, stay up at all costs and they're doing such a good job of it, despite some iffy results along the way. Um, whereas Sunderland just having a bit more enjoyment, I think, in this season uh, than we can, but kind of like the free hit, but stay, stay up and now, you know, see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to have to bring up the dreaded match, which I don't really want to talk about. But there was a game earlier in the season that Sunderland just like blitzed us. I some Reading fans to say, oh, we didn't play well. Yeah, OK, maybe that's a factor. But Sunderland were just too good for us that night. 3-0, if you managed to forget that one. Dom, I mean, where would you put that on the performances of the season for Sunderland so far? It's It's up there for one of the most complete performances um, we've had, but it's, we've had a lot of games where we've played some really, really good stuff. And I think in that game, we, we had, you know, potential for our goal of the season with a lovely flowing team move that started with the keeper and it was give and go up the pitch and, and, you know, a a lovely team goal, but that's not been something that we we've only seen here and there. The team have played really good football all season, really. And Mowbray's come in, We've got an incredibly young team and he's kind of set the team out in a way to play that style where he gives behind the focal point of Ross Stewart or Ellis Sims, who unfortunately are both not available. I'm sure Reading fans will be pleased to pleased to know Ellis Sims has gone back on loan and Ross Stewart's out for the season. Um, but we, we would have three players that would sit behind them in that kind of 4 2 3 one And those three players might be um, Patrick Stewart, Jack Clark, Ahmad, um, or, or some of the younger guys from the bench. And those players just given free license to kind of play with freedom, um, be creative, get on the ball, get at the fullbacks, look to make something happen, which is obviously exciting to watch as a fan. Um, and the structure of the team really is sat behind in the in the defence and, and the holding midfield players. But it's been really enjoyable to watch. So that performance was was probably one of our best performances of the season. But we have had other games where we've played that kind of style and, and looked great. Um, doing so, obviously with young players, you have to kind of accept that they have their good days and they have their days where it just simply doesn't happen for them. And, and we've had to see a few of those games as well where, where we've kind of struggled in the final third. I'm going to um, put it out there that I think for a team like Reading, uh, setting up for, against Sutherland without Ross Stewart is a harder proposition than with Ross Stewart. Because Ross Stewart, you know there's that focal point and, and how they can play, but without him... The way Tony Mowbray likes to play, I think actually, then Paul Lintz is always a manager who will kind of set up against who he's playing. And without that focal point, I think then suddenly it puts doubt in. So when we saw it last time, there was kind of no game plan at all. And the way um, someone went through, you know, without a kind of focal point um, at that moment, they made it look easy. Um, so I, I think uh, them missing Ross Stewart is actually, you know, a hindrance in a way. It's interesting because the, the the stats earlier in the season we went when obviously Ross Stewart was injured when we when we played each other last time and then Sims went off with what turned turned out to be a relatively kind of lengthy injury as well um, and in those seven games without a striker we only win one game um, and we we drew three and lost three and around that time we, we'd had twenty one games and, and ten wins with a striker in the team so his system is built around that but I can see what Dane's saying because. It allowed our, our kind of creative players to have the ball more, you know, to feet 
um, rather than feeding off kind of flick-ons or Ross Stewart holding the ball up and, and things like that. So it'd be interesting to see. We have signed, we do have a striker available. We signed um, Joe Gelhart on loan from Leeds, who I don't really know too much about other than the fact he's extremely highly touted as, as, as a top talent in English football. He's highly regarded at Leeds and, and we had to kind of really challenge for a signature on loan. There were a lot of clubs in the championship wanting to sign him. So he made his debut last week in Millwall, which, you know, he didn't really get a kick. It was a very physical game. Um, and I think, you know, we were quite lucky to get a point from that because with such a young team, we had to stand up to that physicality. So it'd be interesting to see if, um, if Gelhart plays, what kind of player he is going to be, because he's not a physically imposing striker in the same way like Ross Stewart or Ellis Sims. He's um, much smaller in stature. I think he's more of a, a number 10 type player. Um, so it would be interesting to see how that feeds into into that, as Dane says, without a focal point, because we just don't have anyone who can who can kind of do that role for us at the moment. I think we particularly struggle with any teams that's fluid, and I think the fact if you have that Sunland, you're really going to help you massively. I mean, I don't like to say that. I hope it goes horribly wrong, obviously, <laughs> but it's kind of a. I do think it will be a big help for you. Just looking at the situation, uh, Dane would kind of, you mentioned it earlier about the relegation and, and situation, how I was looking at it earlier in the season. I think we're going to be fine, uh, don't you? I mean, I, I can't see us getting involved in it too much. We might kind of like flirt with it, but I think we're going to get enough points, it's particularly with the games we've got coming after the, up after this one. Yeah, I, I think one thing Reading have done all the way through the seasons is when they've had a couple of bad results, they have managed to then just pick one out. And essentially, they've just got to stay on that path now of just picking up a few results while letting another team take points off each other, like last night. And then I think they just stayed like pretty much clear. I think, um, you know, I think Reading's heads now turned a bit more into next season, just kind of understanding what's happening this season in terms of where that's going. You know, we have obviously the announcement of new recru- uh, new staff recruitments this week and then going, well, how does that lay into also the actual vision of Mark Bowen and the management with Paul Ince and the way you're playing? You know, we have the issue, obviously, with the um, strikers with, you know, Carol, Matey, Long as kind of three points. And the way we're playing is very similar for all three, but with different kind of uh, outputs, I, I guess, you know, just knowing that you can hit the channels with uh, Shane Long and Matey, but still aim for those long balls where Van Carroll, you aim a bit more direct to him. Um, and just wondering now if um, we might see, you know, certain players get a, a bit more minutes because they feel they are a bit more comfortable uh, in their league position. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully that is a situation. You mentioned him briefly earlier there, Dom, is Ross Stewart. I mean, he's been a fantastic signing for Sunderland. The fact that he's just so unlucky with injuries, isn't he? Because you got Fulham tonight, but in the first leg of that match in the FA Cup, he suffered another horrible one. Yeah, it's one of those where post-game, everyone's kind of knowing our situation with strikers. Go, oh, what are we doing playing Ross Stewart in that game? But I can completely understand why Tony Mowbray wants to do that because the team's playing really well at the moment. Ross Stewart's bang in form and, and he probably, you know, at that point is just wanting games, you know, every single day going, oh, I feel like I'm going to score every time. So I can understand why he played, but obviously it's, it's really... Um, Caused, caused quite an issue in terms of the lack of focal point we've got now. There was time left in the transfer window. The club didn't manage to get anything done in terms of bringing a striker in. There was talk of, among the fans, of could they bring in someone like a Chris Martin as a, as a stopgap player? 
And I think the club's vision has really been, from the start of this season, no, we're focusing on young players. We're not going down that road of paying for guys who are kind of at the end of their career or, you know, we do have the odd experienced player in the, in the team. Um, having said that, one of our most experienced players in Corey Evans has, has been out for the season. He's now out for the season as well. So it, it kind of makes our team even more inexperienced. And, and that's probably where I would be concerned. The lack of, you know, Ross Stewart at 26 years old is one of our most experienced and senior players. Well, he's out now. Corey Evans is out. Reading have got a lot of experience in their team. Um, and the kind of players that I would be worried about, especially, you know, def- from a defensive point of view for Sunderland, uh, the kind of players like Andy Carroll, who he's going to make it tough for our young, you know, we've got um, Dan Ballard, a young centre-half who we signed from Arsenal. I think he's 21 years old. He's a big lad, but obviously he's he's young and relatively inexperienced. He played one season on loan at Millwall last year and, and did very well. But Andy Carroll, as we know, is an incredibly physical player, really good in the air. He'll make it very difficult for, for defenders. So that's kind of one of the challenges I think that we're going to really face is dealing with that physicality defensively. Um, we've not been great from set pieces all season. I don't think we've scored from a corner all season. Um, and defending them always seems a little bit hairy as well. So, yeah, I think it is going to be a challenge without Ross Stewart, but he's had a fantastic season. Um, the contract situation is a bit precarious now as well because um, he's got a, one more year that they're going to trigger on his contract. I think every Sunderland fan would, would really like to see him sign a new deal. But obviously, when you have a season like he's had, um, the some Premier League clubs probably start circling. Some clubs at the top end of the championship do as well. So perhaps the injury, it might be a blessing in disguise if it means that come the end of the season, he sat way down there in the scoring charts. Whereas if he played the season, I'd be confident that he'd be knocking on the door of 20 to 25 goals this season. Another hot take on Ross Stewart. I think Sullivan should just move on and sell high. Because a load of his recent goals, it, they look good on paper because you look at the number, but they've been penalties or the follow-up of penalties in the league. There's been a big bunch of his goals recently. And so that number's kept ticking along. And so his price has stayed high. And at some point, if he keeps doing well, you've got to accept that unless some of them move to the Premier League themselves, then he's going to have to move the, the on. Thing so is, selling the thing is with Ross Stewart, it, it's, it's not really just the goals. When you watch him play, I'll compare him to a running player um, of you know his previous tenure at Reading, Shane Long. Every Reading fan loves Shane how Long because you. of how hard he works. <laughs> but Ross Stewart, when he's not scoring goals, he still brings so much to the to the team in, in that he runs the channel. We play quite a high press at times, and he's the one that initiates that and, and doesn't stop working. He chases all the way back to the goalkeeper. He's got great quality at holding the ball up and bringing those three young guys in, in, into play who kind of sit behind him and look to make things happen. So even when he's not scoring goals, he has looked perfectly comfortable at championship level. Um, he's not, like I say, a young player at 26 years old, but he's had a relatively kind of strange career arc in that we signed him for, I think it was 300,000 from um, the Scottish League. And at the time he was considered a, a replacement for Charlie Wyke. And it was a massive risk because Charlie Wyke had scored 25 goals the year before. But he's come and done such a good job that he's only ever really looked good when he's moved up to that next level. So I can see why it would be a, an attractive acquisition for a Premier League club, you know, down the bottom of the league to go, well, look, this guy has, has excelled at every level so far. 
it's just so hard to replace those players who get you the goals. And I think that would be Sunderland's issue is, you know, we all know how football works. If a massive bid comes in for one of your players, no matter who it is, they're probably going to go at, at the level that Sunderland and Reading are at at the moment. It's then how can you reinvest that? Because you could find yourself actually taking the money and going, well, that's great. We can sign a couple of players here and there. But unless that pays dividends, you, you're going to end up going backwards. So, yeah, it's a, it's a real tough one. And I think no son and fan would begrudge Ross Stewart the chance to play at a higher level. But at this moment in time, we'd, we'd really like to see him sign that new contract and, and have a full season in the championship to show what he's really about. He could also be in the Premier League next season with Sunderland. This is definitely not impossible. Well, that would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just saying it could happen. It could happen. It's not impossible at all. So come on then. Now we're going to be all being very friendly. It's all been okay. But now we come down to <laughs> prediction time. So Dane, I'm going to let you go first. And, you know, be as optimistic as you can be. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, uh, if you take previous history, we won our last... On our last visit there, can you uh, remember the players that were that still playing for their teams now that played in that game or were in the squads that game? Oh my god, in the in the squad that day is that the day when we won three one? It was the day we won three one. Yeah, and you know, when you read the teams back, yeah. Mo Barrow scored. Uh, Barry Barry scored a couple, yeah, and yeah, Edwards. yeah, yeah. No, I can't remember the current player that is there at the moment. Can you tell me then? So uh, for Reading, it would be Liam Moore. Surprisingly, okay. but not not available. Yeah. And then uh, Linda Gooch, but the uh, Sunderland one, the only wow. two, uh, only two survivors, both of who won't, who won't be playing as well. No, yeah. <laughs> there's no chance. Because <laughs> Linda Gooch's out injured, and, and Liam Moore's out out of the frame, isn't he? Yeah. And then, if you recall, the game before that stadium, like that was the Danny Guffrey. Oh, uh, Danny Guffrey uh, refused to sign. That long ago, yeah, yeah. Wow. Also, if you go back even further. There's the Stephen Hunt goal against Sunderland when did it go over the line or did it not go over the line? I think yeah. that was in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's been way back. Uh, and I can go even further back to like in the 90s when we played <laughs> them and we beat them 1-0 and Scott Taylor scored and I celebrated in the fall end and my dad was a Sunderland fan and told me straight away, shut up. Uh, not quite in those <laughs> words. <laughs> uh, I, I think for this one, I think I'm going to go draw. I think... Um... Yeah, I've, I've, it's just one of those games I imagine being a bit of a boring one for all the Reading fans traveling all the way up there. But, you know, hope they keep it nice and boring, keep the uh, Sunderland crowd quiet. Um, just every player on the pitch does their job without too much fuss. I, I don't anticipate us really peppering Sunderland's goal with too too much. But at the same time, you go just keep everything tight and uh, and then head back home. Let's hope so. What are you going to say then, Dom? Yeah, the optimist, optimist in me thinks that we'll probably see a lot of the ball. I can imagine Reading going to sit deep and, and make it difficult for us. Um, we've not been playing great as of late. I think I'd probably agree with Dane. A draw looks like a likely result for me. Exhibiting low scoring, maybe a nil-nil or a one-all draw. Okay, I'll take that right now. Let's abandon this long, massive journey. <laughs> Just like, have that. So thanks a lot to both of you for joining us today and if you have enjoyed the podcast give us a five-star review on spotify or apple and uh, thanks again for listening